Well, hello, lovely humans, and welcome to Engage, a wedding planning podcast for the modern day couple. I'm your host, Jamie Wolfer, and I truly believe that wedding planning does not need to be complicated or time consuming. I kind of picture these episodes like jumping on a quick phone call with your wedding planner. You get your answers and you go on your merry way because sometimes not all of us have an hour to dedicate to listening to super long podcasts or super long intros. So without further ado, let's just jump right on into it. Jen, thank you so much for being here with me today. I cannot wait to pick your brain about all things sustainable florals, two of my favorite words together in one moment. And I absolutely love it. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, okay. Obviously people listening probably have no idea who you are. Give us a little like snippet of who are you? What do you do? My name is Jen. I am a floral designer based in Orange County in Laguna Hills, California, Um, I'm super passionate about sustainable design and my company is called Urban Marigold, just urban, U-R-B-A-N and marigold like the awesome flower we all love. So fluffy and wonderful. (laughs) So fluffy. (laughs) Peonies, hydrangeas, spray roses. Oh my. If you are stumped on how to approach wedding flowers while keeping on budget, you will definitely want to take this little floral quiz that we put together that will help you to tap into some professional level guidance. Factoring in your budget and aesthetic, this quiz will guide you towards an ideal resource to make your floral dreams happen without blowing your budget. Take the quiz now at floralquiz.com. Okay, so sustainability is a beautiful word. It's a scary word. It's a word that like couples here and they're like, oh, I should probably do that. But it feels really unachievable for so many people. Why did you get started with sustainable florals? Because it almost feels like uh, an oxymoron, right? Like jumbo shrimp, sustainable florals. Right. Why'd you get started with that? What did that look like for you? Yeah. Well, I think like most florists, like when you start out, you just don't know, you know, that these are the tools you have essentially like floral Mm. foam and all that, um, good stuff, not good stuff. And I just didn't know better really. And, you know, as I went throughout my business and kind of learning what floral foam was actually made of, it's like, you know, one of the ingredients is like formaldehyde. It's like, Ooh, no, no, thank you. (laughs) Like that's not happy for people, the people making it for hours, like nobody at all. But I, you know, I started seeking out other florists who were uh, practicing sustainable design. Like one um, who's been a huge influence on me is Alyssa Lytle from Color Theory. She has a whole educational program called Flowering Minds. And this is where I really learned mm. that it was possible. And it was just being introduced to product like AgriWool, which is like a mineral wool. It's compostable. And um, like the ocean pouch was essentially like this like compostable bag full of like soil and clay and things like that. And what? I didn't even know these things existed. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't well, even know these things. Ex- I-, I thought we were just gonna talk about frogs the whole time. Right, <laughs> Everyone's like, what's a frog? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. For those who don't know, floral frogs look like they're like circular little like medieval torture devices. They kind of look like <laughs> that, but yet they are so happy with flowers. Yeah. <laughs> they make flowers very happy. And and um, it's like a circle. They're coming in plenty of different sizes. They're heavy yeah. and weighted, and you can put them at the center of your vessel or vase, and yeah. the, you just plug the stems in happily. And it's yeah. like a tiny bed of nails. So it's literally exactly. like a disc with a bunch <laughs> of prongs facing up, sharp prongs, right? Yeah. And it's called. I don't know who who I don't know who gave this the name frog. <laughs> Or what happened? So that's what a frog is. If you see something round, they're very popular at, at antique shops too, because this used to be the way that all florals were done. 
totally. was with a frog, right? Yeah. So, but there's more options. There's like a, an ocean bag and a, yeah. a what a what? <laughs> Agri-wool. <laughs> yeah. Agri-wool. Agri-wool, yes. Mineral wool. Yeah. And they're, they're essentially like a foam replacement. They come like block form. And um, yeah, kind of going back to like, you know, what you said too, it's just like the antique shops with floral frogs and things like that. It's like, there was floral design way before foam was ever created. And I think right. that's right what we kind of come back to. And like, even, you know, there was like this wonderful book called the guide to floral mechanics. And they, they have like amazing sustainable examples of how to do like those really gorgeous, like aisle flowers. And it's just like glass trays with rocks, like stones in them. And it's like, Stop it. yeah. And, and just like chicken wire. And it's just like, okay, this sounds like a lot, but like, once you get familiar and in the habit of doing it, it becomes yeah. like second nature. Like, of course, like with agrawal, like, and that's why, like, you know, I take time to like tinker with these things. And that's where like the, like going back to like the flowering minds course was super helpful. Cause there was like the, and also like without even, you know, you could actually just like follow flowering minds too, if you're interested in seeing some of these techniques, yeah. like one of them was, you know, with the agrawal and like chicken wire, like using big branches and constructing your own arch. So you could just adhere that to like a rental item or a rental arch or something like that. And like, I literally like, we had like a rainstorm for once in Orange County and like some huge branches from eucalyptus trees fell down in the park. And like, and there was my tears, <laughs> like, double checking. I'm like, no one's using these. Right. And just like built my own, um, like arch structure essentially. And I can reuse the structure. Like it's, it's filled with like moss and the anger wool and things like, and chicken wrapped in chicken wire. And like, I dry them out like in my backyard in the sun and like reuse them until like, they're literally like falling apart. So I like <laughs> used it probably four times. Something new. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, I definitely, I, I'm not the first one to do this by any means, but it's, I think an important step to implement in your design because it is possible. And I know like some yeah. designers have complaints about, you know, like the agrawal, but like it, it does like, you know, drain a little bit, but it's like, okay, bring a tarp to the venue. It's like, you know, and I just, you, you figure it out and you get used right. to it and it is possible basically. Yeah. And it sounds like it's not, it's not so bad that it's so much of a deterrent that you're not doing it anymore. Right. It's like you make some adjustments, things look different. Um, and it sounds like a lot of the stuff, obviously, if, if you're being sustainable, you need to go back and pick it up. Right. So your day as a florist looks different. And some people may be kind of bothered by that inconvenience, but for you, I mean, you're not going to want it. This is reusable. You're going back for it. Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah. And if, if I know the couple would like to keep like the arch piece, I'm like, okay, I'll just do like a chicken wire wrap rather than using you know, like I use these, um, again, shout out to flowering minds learned about this, um, uh, these bird feeder cages where she, like she would stuff the ocean pouches in and it expands when you add water. So that's like another way to have like, you know, instead of a cage foam situation, you know, yeah. there are these alternatives. So if like, I know the couple wants to keep something. I'll just do like a chicken wire wrap around with moss around the agrawool and then be like, here you go. And don't throw it in the trash, like unwrap it and throw this agrawool in the green bin, please. <laughs> like just yeah. a reminder you know, like that kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, it's taken time to implement and a lot of practice and mm -hmm. just, just adapting to how these sustainable mechanics work and how to kind of pick and choose which like item is best served for the design and that kind of thing. So, and how can I, yeah, reuse these till the end of time. <laughs> yeah. Now, how much of this is an expense that has to be passed on to the couple like because all this sounds great but in my mind I need to go to okay so foam's pretty dang cheap right like which is why everyone uses it so but then obviously if you're using the agrawool four times 
the cost is spread out over four events. Does this make it more expensive for the couple to pick a sustainable florist? No, it does not. And like I've worked, I, every business is different. I'm speaking for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just in being able to reuse the things like agarwool and just chicken wire and moss and things like that. I've been able to, you know, charge, you know, what I would normally charge mm. with, you know, without phone. So, or what, you know, what most floors would charge like normally with the phone implementing yeah. that cost, like it's hasn't really changed. So it's like, because I've been able to like reuse them and yeah, all that good stuff. And same, same thing with chicken wire. It's like, if I'm doing the centerpieces, um, and I'm just doing like a frog going back to the frogs and like yeah. the chicken wire, like, you know, I pull out the chicken wire and like I make sure I use like untreated. Like I don't get like the painted green chicken wire because that, sure. that meat chips off into the water and like, that's not happy for the flowers or, you know, anything like that. So I just make sure to reuse those as much as I can until they're just, mm. you know, just recycle them. So yeah. It's time to go. It's time for you to be. Yes, exactly. Put away now. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like by no means perfect, like, but it's a start. And I think yeah. there, you know, with events, there is so much waste and there, um, I think, you know, with sourcing like local products and, mm. um, local foliage and flowers from like farms down here in Orange County that we're looking yeah. have are a great way to do that too, because if they're organic and not being sprayed to heck with pesticides, they can right. be comfortable. And so I think that's also, no- I wish it was something. Wait. So if they're sprayed with pesticides, you can't compost them. Yeah, usually no. Yeah. Wait, okay, so we're pretty crunchy. Like we eat yeah. <laughs> as much organic as possible. We raise animals organic. Like we we yeah. were very much on that vein, but I didn't realize that if it has been sprayed with pesticides, the whole composting process is probably a no go. Yeah, especially if you're like using it to replant like in your soil and stuff. Right. It's like all that stuff is hanging out in that soil now. So it's just yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's not, not it's fun not, stuff. Why it's, not, it's not fun for anybody. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to eat it personally. Yeah, it's like exactly. ground on the compost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so, so interesting. It, yeah. And the great thing about too, with like the local farms is like nothing is wrapped in plastic and you can ask for no rubber bands and things like yeah. that. So it's like, I think, you know, most florists in general try their best to source locally too. But, you know, and I think it's, that's part of like, you know, our job is to showcase these mm. local ingredients rather than you know the rose filled pompous grass filled you know painted palm leaf filled pinterest images it's like well how can you make these sexy you know like have you these sexy (laughs) unique flowers you know but have you seen this one from my neighbor (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah yeah so how do you do that like because we are in an industry that's saturated with photos how do you guarantee a look for a couple right? If they're like, here's our color palette. And you're like, cool. I'm gonna see if Sue's growing anything like that. Right. And they're like, I'm sorry, what? Like, there's not a guarantee you were going to get this. What does that look like with a couple? Like, do you have so many backyard florists or so many groups of floristry persons? I don't even know (laughs) what they're called. A conglomerate of floral artists um, or growers that you can guarantee a color. How, what does that look like? Yeah, I ne- I always try to focus on color more than variety because okay. you know, we all are imported, local or not. We're all at the whim of Mother Nature, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I always just like to focus on the general color palette and overall feel of what they're going for. Okay. So if something like, you know, like roses, you know, they're obviously like a hard thing to replace, but like what other cool focal flower can we do? Like a textural dahlia right. or a mum, like mums have really blown up this year and it's been super exciting because they've been kind of often overlooked. Like it's a grocery store filler and like they're right. in beautiful colors and things like that. So 
Um, and yeah, we, we have that talk in our initial consultation. Like when I'm just like, look, I can't guarantee anything. These are living, breathing things that we are trying to create and make an extension of you and feel like you at your wedding. And yeah, it's, it's, that's just always a really important thing to address. Yeah. It's like, it's nothing is guaranteed. Let's focus on the colors and how they're yes. coming together. And that's, what's going to be beautiful no matter what. So yeah. Colors yeah. and textures that's, we can translate yeah. that. Right. But yeah. I cannot guarantee you that we're going to get a sand colored David Austin rose. Like that's yeah. not, I can't guarantee that. So if a couple wants to replicate this, I mean, we already have the assurances that if they, if they hunt around correctly, they could probably find a sustainable forest that's going to be similar in cost. So let's remove that fear from the get-go, right? That the, the supplies, like the reusable supplies are in the grand scheme of things going to equal out in cost. Do you find it being, now I'm returning to that real quick before we go into like helping couples. Do you find it being more expensive to source the florals locally? Like, do you see a huge increase in cost getting something from Costa Mesa versus Costa Rica? Uh, it totally depends. Like they're, the pricing is always forever fluctuating. Like I know people talk about like inflation a lot, but it, it's like, I'm right. always constantly looking at like the bigger wholesalers like Mayesh and um, companies like that. Okay. Like how is this fluctuating? And it's, it's constantly changing. Like even roses will be like 125 a stem one week and then like 185. So just, it's, <laughs> I'm just constantly yeah. trying to stay on top of it. Whereas like the farmers usually have a pretty consistent price and it's usually, I find it can be more affordable depending on what it is. Like if okay. it'll change depending on the actual like variety or how much they have, but mm-hmm. like if they have a surplus of stuff, they're trying to, you know, like maybe something that's like less popular, like a Rudbeckia, which is like a really fun, like kind of fall, almost like it has like a dark center and they have these lush, like goldeny, like gray petals. And they come in like a deeper br- chocolate brown color, you know, they're Ooh. really cool. Like those, like though they might have like a surplus of those. And since that's not like, you know, something that's, you know, as highly sought after, cause it's kind of right. a more thing they might, you know, discount that. So just constantly being in communication love with that. them, you know? So it's like, they're not like really always a set price, but they, they try right. to have like a range, I think most of the time, but I usually find it's like more affordable. Cause I'm like, oh, okay. Like that, like in springtime, I'm like, oh, that's like that bunch of sweet peas is not the same amount as like what a bigger company is trying to sell me sweet peas for and mm. it's local it's not from you know holland or something like that so right right so yeah like, i think okay. i'm like and they tend to be you know happier because they haven't been out of water flown on a plane and they tend to be a little more unique a little tenderly and stuff because they haven't mm. read for like pinterest perfection you know from right so also not that I'm hating against Holland sweet peas. Let me tell you, I'll take them all day, every day, but like all day, all day. Yeah. But God bless that Holland soil. I don't know what y'all are doing over there, but like y'all are doing some magical things. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that's, there's so many fears around going sustainable. It's going to cost me more. It's going to be so much more effort. It's going to be so much more work. And it's like, whoa, is it though? Did you look, did you ask? Right. Right. Yeah. So what does this look like if a couple wants to replicate? So now, like now that we've addressed their fears and taken away some of these excuses, <laughs> just kidding, sort of, what does it look like to copy this? Like, how can a couple pull this off? What should they be looking for? What questions should they be asking? Yeah, I think the initial question is always like, do you design with foam? I think, cause that's like the main thing that yeah. we can adjust to and adapt to. And I think that's just a, a really good place to start. It's okay. just like, okay, do you offer foam like foam free designs? Is that a possibility? And like I, I know some floors that do. If like couples are interested in that act up and ask about it, they will, you know, adapt to that. And I think, you know, depending on their design practices, like I can um speak for myself, but it's like, yeah, I to me it is 
worth dragging my agrawool filled moss arch out into the sun to dry <laughs> to reuse it again. Right. <laughs> so to not expose people. all of your guests to yeah. formaldehyde. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's it's definitely like dependent upon the business. Like I definitely mm-hmm. do, you know, more intimate weddings and not huge. Like I'm not like a huge luxury churning out tons of like 300 guest events all the time. That's just not my vibe. But so for me, this this works, and it's yeah. also just very. I am just very motivated by it now, knowing the mm-hmm. things that I know about foam, and they just like sit in the landfill forever. And you know, it's like it's yeah. like thinking about that is what lights the fire under my butt to continue to. Okay, try. sorry, I got excited again. Okay, but what about the more eco friendly foams? Like like a foam that says eco friendly or compostable. Yeah. Like what is that? It's really it's, good marketing. It's, yeah that's unfortunate because it's it essentially they crumble more like easily they break down easily but they're still a single-use plastic so they're not technically (laughs) yeah so i would say yeah you won't see it as easily (laughs) but it's still there yeah oh that's unfortunate are you feeling lost or overwhelmed with wedding planning why does this also sound like an infomercial (laughs) take a deep breath you are in the right place. I've put together this amazing, if I do say so myself, wedding planning checklist that tells you all the things that you need to be doing and when you need to be doing them. A step-by-step path just for you. You can grab your step-by-step wedding planning checklist now at weddingchecklist.co. That's weddingchecklist.co. Okay. So first of all, asking a florist, do you offer foam-free, foam-free design, right? Yes. And then what other questions should they be asking? I think like, you know, do you source locally? Do you work with any mm-hmm. local seasonal stuff? And also, you know, that helps for the couple to come to, from a place of being open to that, like open mm-hmm. to like some funkier, unique flowers yeah. that are more seasonal and local and available locally for their weddings. And, and again, considering that, because like, I think a lot of the times that florists are one of like the last vendors booked. So by the time they've had the date, the venue, like the planner, like they're not necessarily considering thinking about seasonal flowers. Like, right. oh, this date is important to us because our, our grandparents got married on this date. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not necessarily thinking about the seasonality of like the flowers and stuff like yeah. that. So I think always coming with an open mind, like, are there some local flowers you could suggest for this color palette? Mm-hmm. Or are there some seasonal flowers you could suggest for this, like our vibe, like I think that's always helpful too. And just, and just considering that too, and just being open to that. Yeah. I think it's hard because, uh, something Rebecca and I, Rebecca's on staff with us. She's a florist by trade, but like we've stolen her over to the dark side of wedding planning. Uh, and she still does floral. She works with you all the time. And, um, she's like, here's the deal. You can get a flower any time of year, somewhere, some greenhouse is is growing it, right. It's just going to affect the size. And technically it's not in season. They're just like, forcing, not forcing, that's, that's over dramatizing the sound of this. They're just like replicating what the world would feel like in order to be prime growing conditions for this floral. Right. So like peonies will just be a lot smaller in the off season, but if we're really focusing, cause that's, that means you're getting it flown in from somewhere. That means you're getting it from somewhere that has a different environment. That's not down the road. That's not as sustainable. Correct. So being open to whatever is seasonal means being open to what's local to you. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's a good thing to consider. And also on the subject of peonies, like there's been some amazing, I, I can't remember exactly who, but some genius figured out peonies flourish in Alaska of all places. Good and, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Do they really? Yeah. There's this amazing P- 
Pini Farm. Eagles on Alaska. And then there's another one too, but I'll have to, I'll have to I love it. that you just have like all of these accounts where you're like, this account does this, this account does that. <laughs> and it's not just like, oh, I follow this florist who does. You're fun yeah. to chat with. This is exciting. <laughs> okay, keep going. I try to you know, know the like, farms. I know. So it's, it's crazy. So it's like, okay, like they're coming from Alaska, then that kind of helps extend them extend their season but okay at least if you're in the base in the U.S. you're getting them from Alaska as opposed to you know Holland or Ecuador you know and it's like it's not to say that that product isn't beautiful and wonderful mm-hmm. but it's just like okay just thinking about you know the distance and the tra- time it takes for those flowers to get to you mm-hmm. and where they're coming from it's like just con- taking that into consideration and, and like knowing that and asking that of your florists like are peonies possible does this a lot you know I don't expect you know clients to know this like that's what you know we're here for but right things like that where it's like okay well if you're getting married on the state I think I can you know reach out to the, the Alaskan peony farms and see if this is possible so I can yeah. help that more you know less travel the less distance situation happen you know if they have availability so things like that yeah that's um, absolutely fascinating yeah so it's like even wow. to, that's kind of more pertains like to the seasonality of it where it's just right. like some genius figure that out in Alaska, but so if we can't get them locally, if they're still in season at these glorious Alaskan farms, can we get those? <laughs> you know? yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like one, don't be scared. Like it's going to cost more to be open to different textures and different floral varieties. You're still probably going to end up getting the same overall end results, right? Like you're still going to yeah. get the same color palette or as close as possible. Cause we were dealing with live, live things here and life happens. Um, but it's so much more achievable than I think a lot of people think like it's, it really is a couple of simple twists. And then all of a sudden you have a sustainable display or a far more sustainable display. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, there's those resources just even on Instagram too, if like couples or, uh, vendors want to check like Prairie girl flowers, like she is like on top of like what's going on with, you know, like floral foam and other sustainable design options. And there's this great company called, new age floral that like imports the agri wool i think it's like based in sweden i don't quote i'm like where there's a bear but yeah if you're wrong but we yeah, air yeah this podcast. Sweden, <laughs> dare you? but yeah like new age floral like like just following those accounts and mm. being on their like email lists are really helpful because they're always coming up with like they they recently came out with like some um non-plastic like compostable water tube options so it's just like oh fantastic you no know, because that's one thing too like I'm still utilizing those but of course I reuse them and wash them and do all those things but right I am but it's like they're still plastic you know so it's like how what's like the next step I can take but mm-hmm. I think the initial first step for clients to ask to just about the foam because I think that's just initially one of like the most common things it's, it's like the gateway drug into floral it sustainability is. <laughs> it is. Like, oh no and and the same thing too with like and I see a lot of inspiration that's painted or bleached you know and explaining that um like asking mm-hmm. them if they if florists are they implement you know any painted designs or bleach product or dyed flowers like because those things, again, going back to compost, those don't compost because they're full of dye and things like that. So, and there's ways to like achieve that, like with like different, with naturally dried products that will achieve that same look. Like, okay, we Mm -hmm. can't get these bleached white ruscus, but like, there's this amazing- uh, There's a bleached white ruscus? No. (laughs) I know, what? I know. And it's super sharp and pointy. It's just like, no, no, why, why this? Why this? It's like, why we- let's pull from mother nature's already gorgeous inventory. Like we don't right? need to like, it's, it's, it's like at the same time, it's like, I, I it's like with art, like I, you always want to see boundaries pushed and different mm. and colors manipulated and things like that. But like, 
with flowers, it's just like, there's such, it comes with a cost and mm. with dyed flowers and painted flowers, it's just like, it's just, it's just not good. <laughs> you know? So, no. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not something that like, those aren't breaking down. Those aren't going okay. anywhere. You know? Right. Also, have you seen Lunaria? Like that is gorgeous. That's a beautiful one. I, I want to grow up in my garden next year. I got the seeds for it and I'm it's very so excited. Cool. It's so cool. It's, it's so, so cool. cool. It's, it's like, like literally like nature's chandelier. It's just like, uh, it's awesome, you know, it's one of my favorite. So, cause I actually, I really like Ruskis. Of course I prefer Italian over Israeli Ruskis. Cause I like how droopy it gets. And everyone's like, what is Jamie talking about right now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, if we're going to do something white, I, there's something about, I have, been dying to do some sort of Lunaria display type thing. Oh, it's just so, see, here's the deal. I like to pretend that I'm a florist and I know things and I don't. And that's the problem talking with you, especially when you start saying stuff like compost and sustainability, homestead Jamie comes out and then she pretends like she could do florals too. So (laughs) I just want to say thank you so much for, for sharing your knowledge with us, for sharing your expertise, for making sustainability in the floral industry feel less scary. Like that, everything you just said feels very achievable. feels like any couple can go to a florist and ask these questions or ask if they'd be willing to try any of these things. And it's a lot more possible than I think, uh, I think a lot of people think it is. If you are struggling with wedding planning and you have questions and you just need someone to listen and to chat with, come join us in the master plan community over at themasterplanwed.com. I would love to have you in there. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, subscribe, jump on over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can let the podcast people know that Jamie knows what she's talking about sometimes. (laughs) And until next time, bye guys.